0: Welcome to this week's episode of Free Play. I'm your 7th Level Bardcast host, Michael. And today I'm joined with me from uh, the distant state of Pennsylvania, Scott. Tonight we're going to be talking about what happens when your game goes off the rails. Now that sounds like we're putting a game on a railroad track, but it not the definition. So I'm going to pass it over to Scott and let him explain exactly what we're talking about.
1: Ah, what I mean when your game goes off the rails. That's when you have a grand story arc planned. And, of course, the players being players, and if you've given them free agency like you should have, have decided not to engage with your story and go a different direction. So what do you do when your game literally goes off the rails?
0: Uh, Personally, I improvise. Same here. I like to... I like to have a couple of options. I have uh, ideas that are kind of in the can, storylines, plot lines to throw at them. Um, if I'm doing a D and D game, I will even kind of maybe pop up with an NPC that um, helps them along on their quest. If they're intent on going down this crooked road uh, off into the wilderness, I will have something there to help them. In exchange, um, he may or may not be connected to the plot line that they're leaving and pull them back over to that. Because uh, I really feel like there's ways that you can tell a story and help the story kind of get back to your main plot
1: line. Now, I don't pause that main plot line story that I've had going in my head, do you?
0: Not at all. That uh, continues on and. I usually have NPCs and actions in the background that I write after each session what
1: they've done in that time period. Yeah, same. I mean, it took in my Star Wars game I'm running, it took them two weeks in character time um, which worked out to over a month before they really started engaging in the main plot line. And it wasn't because they weren't given the hooks. They just didn't bite at any of the hooks. And when they did finally bite at one of the hooks, they realized that two main aspects of that plot line that they could have solved if they had just gone right at it, well, they had a choice of going for one or the other. And they knew that it was because they didn't engage immediately. They knew as characters that it was because they didn't engage in that take immediate action they let that go so they knew as a character and a player that things are still going to happen if they don't do something to stop it yeah back in my early days i
0: didn't understand this concept of how to run a story very well i had an idea and it had a linear plot line and i would say here you go get on the train Nowadays, I sit down to run a session, I've got three to four story hooks that are dangling out there, as well as the main one. And I let them pick. And if they don't ever choose the main one, or if they choose the main one, the other four don't just dangle out there, they continue on too. So... Sometimes those other four will cross paths with the the main one. Uh, in my World of Darkness game, I had three or four plots that had been set forth in the news articles at the beginning of the, the uh, chapter, and those plots didn't just set idle. They were moving forward.
1: Nor should they, because this isn't like a video game, which, while they may have a complex storyline with multiple endings, most video games, you can go off and do a side quest or five side quests or ten side quests and come back because the main storyline doesn't progress without you. Um, But that's not how the way it works in a world. And so that's not the way it works in my world. I know it's not the way it works in yours. But if they miss out on, say, something that happened early that they hear from the news or they were involved with, and then six, seven episodes down the line, they're like, decide they want to go and check out what's going on. They're not going to get to pick up with that at the same spot. It's progressed. It's moved on. And now they're going to have to deal with it with where that storyline is at now. And who knows? There there could have been irreversible changes that have happened in the time they've been off on another plot line, or who knows, something they've done on that other plot line has complicated this one that they're just now coming back to. So there are a lot yeah, of and, things you can do,
0: and the, and that's good. It's a good point. Is that when they come back to it, um, it's just like if they were first level when they ran into this NPC, and they have advanced to fifth level. In the time since meeting that NPC the first time, he's not—he's not still first level. He's advanced as well. So the progression of not only their uh, movement in and growth of power and skill, the NPCs grow in power and skill, and it—it it doesn't leave anything stagnant. I always feel like if you have a story hook they're not just going to sit out there in the swamp and wait for you to come to them. They're going to flow down the river as well as everything else. And they might
1: get to the end of the river before you do. And they might be waiting. In my early days, I used to do just about everything I could to force them to stay on the same path. Like, Oh, you're second level. Well, here's an ancient red dragon down the path. I don't want you to go down. And as I got older and more experienced, I realized that that wasn't just not fun for the players. It turned out to be closing opportunities for good stories for me as a game master. So then I started saying, well, when I design my, if if I put in an overarching storyline, which I often do, um, the players can skip to that final boss if they can figure it out fast enough. The problem is, is they're probably not ready to handle that final boss yet, but if they want to attempt them, I'm not going to stop them. Now, if they decide, well, we're not interested in that overarching story arc at this point in time, maybe I didn't give them a good enough hook. Maybe it was one of the characters or multiple of the characters had other goals in mind, and decided they want to pursue those, I'm going to keep that story arc moving on. And if it's like a big story arc, they're going to hear about what's happening. They might hear about it from an NPC. If it's like a fantasy setting, they might hear about it from a traveler. If it's something like a modern setting or Star Wars or futuristic setting, they might see it on the news. And it might all of a sudden click with them. It's like, oh, damn, we're... That's going on, and we need to do something about it now. Of course, at this point in time, it's advanced, and they've got a lot of catching up to do. But I'm not going to force them to that storyline. So if they go off the rails, I let them go off the rails. I'll give them, I will keep dangling the hooks for the main storyline. Because I wrote it, I really want them to go to that. But if they're willing to go for a different story, I'm not going to stop them. I will come up with a new story for them to follow. If they they bought into something that wasn't even a hook, like some little off thing that an NPC has said, I've had it happen. Oh, I'd like this. And they're like, oh, really? Let's go get that for them. And I'm like, then as a DM, I'm going, oh, crap. Now I have to come up with this side story arc that I didn't even anticipate. And then... Years later, I'll look back or I'll talk to those people, and often that's the most fun they had in the whole game was the little side story that they created themselves that I just filled in the details for them to go on with, and that was the most fun they had in the whole game. So, yeah, there's a main story arc, but don't be afraid to go off the rails. And if the players want to go off the rails, let them. Go with it. The players are the character's own worst enemy. Not you. They'll get into more trouble than you could ever plan for them.
0: Yeah, because they will jump right in the middle of something and you'll be like, "Um, okay, give me a moment. I had not anticipated you going down this path because never feel like you have to rush your decisions. As GM, you should take your time. Remember your notes. Remember what your plot lines are and the path that you have set forth for that plot line, but expect that when they get involved, that, that path is no longer there. It's going to go somewhere else. For example, I had a plot line in a Mage uh, the Awakening. I had invited the group through an NPC, and he invited them over for afternoon tea he wanted to talk to them and it was essentially an npc who was going to offer them some some aid to help them solve some of their problems and he was going to end up you know being a villain or an antagonist at at the very least but i thought maybe i'd get a few sessions out of them you know trying to figure out what he was doing you know maybe working with him Cause he offered quite a bit, and I think maybe I made the offer too sweet, or it could have been the fact that I offered them hot tea in New Orleans when they were expecting <laughs> sweet tea. But, but that's a good for my character, I mean. Either way, they figured it out in one session, one scene, and so I had to accelerate his plans, and it actually changed his arc. Because of that one little interaction. And to this day actually recently we've had this conversation uh, about how I could change my NPCs to be a little less obvious. Apparently I have a tell. Yes you do. My tell is my bad guys are very
1: effective and my my good guys are
0: ineffective.
1: Yeah I've I think I'm fortunate um, either my current group, hopefully this doesn't air anytime soon, is a little oblivious to the hints I've given them on where some NPC's motivations and loyalties are, or I'm very good at hiding that, or it's entirely possible that they've seen it, and just think it's going to be more fun and it'll be a better story if they realize their character didn't see it. Maybe a little bit of all of that. But they have very rarely stuck to what I have planned out for them to do. What I plan for the session has like 98% of the time gone out the window the first 10 minutes into that episode. It's just gone. They've decided to go do something entirely different. And, you know, I have a couple of options. You know, when I was younger, I would have made sure that almost forced them back into that. You know, flip a switch at the next junction, and it just pulls them right back onto the right track. And you can do that, but it doesn't... Feel, as a player, it doesn't feel like you have your agency, you have control over your character. It feels like a linear storyline. And I don't want my storylines to be linear. I want, I want the players to really feel that they got to control what their characters were doing. They had an input in the world and the stories and, most importantly, how they interacted with the world. And that means... Going off the rails. You know, hey, we want to do this. I'm like, well, I planned on you attacking the Death Star today, but okay, let's go this way. <laughs> and yeah. then it turns Unfortunate, out Unfortunate
0: Unfortunately, the rebel base has been discovered and destroyed while you were off doing something else.
1: Yeah. I, I never throw in that type of event, but I mean, it turns out that the side quests that they have created for themselves have not only been more fun for them, They've been more fun for me as a GM than I ever thought they would have been. Um, it took some time to develop the the ability to quickly adapt to what they were doing. But once I learned that, it was so much more fun, both for me and for the players. Because I have to think on my feet at that point in time. So I'll be scrambling and That's the times that I come up with some of my favorite NPCs, some of the party's favorite NPCs, is when I've had to just pull one out of my hat because they went somewhere I did not expect them. And next thing I know, two episodes later, they remember that NPC's name, and they want to go back to that NPC for something. And I'm like, okay. So they, in their decision to, to, oh, we're going to hop off the rail here. We're going to make a left turn when the tracks are going straight. And we're going to go over here. And now they find this storyline that I didn't even think of uh, or an NPC I'd never thought of. Now it's become a living part of the world. And later on, I'll talk with them. It's like, yeah, you guys created that. You forced me to create this whole new story because you guys made a left when I wanted you to make a right. And all they can think of is, is that, hey, we actually changed the whole story on They had the agency. And then they're like, that was so much fun. I'm like, yes, I had a blast.
0: So when I come to uh, the moment when I'm going to start creating or constructing a story, I... Tend to in in my more learned years, I tend to look at it rather than a railroad or a, a track that I put them on, and I it is more a, a structure that I'm building. So it has its supports, it has pillars of strength, and 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 there is a fifth column in there somewhere that will collapse the entire thing. But it's more of um, I want them to help me construct this building or this world and they will put the bricks in where they want yeah however (laughs) however like we're talking about things going off the rail there is that time when they change the material of the bricks from you know bricks to um, soft clay and they go off and they build, I put a window where I wasn't expecting a window in the building. Uh, but my point being is that I really enjoy those moments probably more than I do when they engage with my main story. Because yeah, it, it helps with world building.
1: Yeah, it helps with world building and uh, it almost... Because I like being a player, too. And not all GMs play as much as I like to. I like to get a good split of the two. And when I'm running a game and my players create this own story arc on their own, I feel like I'm a player in the game, too. It it, bring, it makes me engage as a GM even more in the game because now... My players have created something that I get to explore with them. I get to create. I don't even have an NPC. I haven't even thought about this. Oh, they're on a new planet. I haven't even thought about. Well, let's start building that planet. And then it becomes this exploration together. Instead of me knowing all the answers already, now I get to find the answers with them. And it just makes it so much more fun. Um, I mean, Over the years, I've played in a multitude of games. I've run more. Um, I've run games on Rails. Uh, I know you've talked about modules before, and modules are... Well, new school modules are the stereotypical on the Rails, while old school first and second edition Dungeons & Dragons modules were here's the setting, here's all the stuff in it, here's a basic story, but they don't give you step-by-step instructions. Now they kind of... I've filled in it, so now it's more on the rails, but before it was, like you said, it's kind of, here's the shell, do what you want with it, or um, a cooking term. Here are all the ingredients. What type of meal can you make out of it? And I just, I enjoy the extra input. Uh, When I'm playing, I really want to be able to have that control. I want to be able to do something that, the GM's not expecting because it would be what my character would do. Not necessarily what I would do as a player. Not what the, the GM may have intended, but what my character would do. And when I think about it from my character's aspect, sometimes I will go a completely different direction than I would as a player. And obviously as the if uh, The GM's usually just as stunned as I am about the new decision. But being able to do that is so much more fun than just trucking down the same path.
0: Uh, Yeah, and creating those those options. Because as you were talking about earlier, uh, you kind of have a a world that's filled with options. And if you are an experienced GM, you've probably got some areas of your world that you've thought about and you've kind of filled out and fleshed them out and you've got some NPCs over there. Sometimes you might want to pluck one of those NPCs and, and have them appear as uh, somebody that the PCs stumble into or, cross paths with that might actually pull them over into that fleshed out part of your world and you yourself are pulling them away from your main storyline and you're helping them understand that it's okay to go explore a little bit more of the world and then come back to your main plot plot line and allow them to understand the freedom of choice And at the same time, the freedom of
1: consequence. Yeah. And sometimes players will rush through the plot line. And it just doesn't make sense for things to happen that fast. Sometimes it takes time for the, the results, the consequences of a main plot line action to reverberate along the rest of the plot line. And the characters choosing to go and do something not related to the main plot line gives that a chance to happen. Um, Not only does it give it a chance to happen, it gives you as a GM, the chance to really think about how it's going to affect the whole plot line because sometimes you just, they do something that you didn't expect or something could be a, a, a odd die roll that something happens or, They interact with an NPC that you didn't expect them to interact with that way, and something that you thought would be just a throwaway NPC or uh, an antagonist for the party, they've turned around and made a friend out of. How's that going to affect the rest of your plot line? And if you let them just, if not let them, if you just keep them directed on that narrow path, you don't have time to develop those changes in the plot line and they can get ahead of the actual storyline plot if you if they're staying on the much larger story arc
0: they yeah can get exactly
1: ahead of exactly because
0: it it also you know like you were saying it offers an opportunity for your storyline to mature but you don't want some antagonist that has a lengthy plot to hurry through because that just um, doesn't fit the character. Maybe you've got a mastermind who's pulling strings behind the scenes and he's got a couple of, of his henchmen that are doing something. You want that to develop and mature naturally rather than, okay, well, they're following this. They've killed off this henchman, so I guess now the mastermind has to appear. No, you you're not forced to continue it out because they've, you know, got ahead and, and killed off an important NPC that was connected to your mastermind. Let it happen naturally.
1: If, you've if got anything, a... that's going to slow it down. Now they've killed off their link to the mastermind. So now it's going to take time for that mastermind to regroup and gain new forces. And if they haven't found that mastermind yet, they ha- don't have those clues, and you try to keep them going towards that one goal, now you're forcing the the story because you're forcing the advancement because it's not advancing naturally anymore. Now it's, I, I just can't think of a way to put it. It just isn't natural because you just are, now you're going to hand out the information to them instead of them discovering it in, in a more natural format.
0: I yeah, and 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 on that I usually think about and 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 somebody might think this is a crazy analogy but I think to James Bond and the villains that go through the first few movies. So you go back to the original like the first two movies they have this organization that has a mastermind that's working on this and Bond comes in and defeats him. Well, they don't immediately show you who the leader of the organization is in the next movie. No, they they bring you another mastermind who's connected to the organization and James Bond defeats him, but it still doesn't bring the mastermind out. They slowly progress the story over a a five-story arc. Yeah.
1: And you can do that in... You know, you can keep it going and your story arc should continue without the player's interaction. All the story arcs should, unless they conclude on their own, or the players come up with another solution to them. Um and on that regard, there's players, the characters, should be allowed to fail. They should be able to fail at the task not just the task, but fail even at their major goal. Um, As a player, I don't feel like there's any reward without risk. And so if it's just like all you have to do is A, B, and C, and it doesn't matter how you go about it, it doesn't matter who you piss off, what your dice rolls are, if you go through A, B, and C, you're going to succeed and beat the story. I don't want that as a player, and I don't do that as a GM. Uh, My stories, you can fail fully if you don't actually take on the task and accomplish things that are going to relate to it, and not necessarily the things I have decided will solve it. You can come up with, you know, I let my players come up with their own solutions. If they come up with something I hadn't thought of, oh, by all means, you just outsmarted the villain. Um, but they have to have that that chance. I, 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 I want to go as far as saying the right to fail the story. That gives them that risk, that sense of there is something on the line here we could actually fail.
0: And it actually um, allows the story to become more endearing to the players when their characters have that moment of challenge, when they've stumbled and they've made a mistake, and then they overcome that in the next storyline or the next plot line to where... You know, they've stumbled a few times, but they keep going. And it drives a player and a character to overcome it. They're going to succeed. This time they're going to beat that bad guy and they're going to win this time. And it motivates players and characters to do those and engage those kind of story elements.
1: Exactly. And if there's that risk of failure when they do finally succeed if they do succeed when when they get that victory they look back and they can see the actual momentous challenge that they overcame to actually complete the task that they had that chance to fail they could have died fallen the the villain could have won they couldn't have stopped the Death Star from destroying the base on, on Yavin any number of things they could have failed. It's not like a movie. You know, when you run a, a, a GM, you're not just directing a movie where you have actors and the players are the actors. No, it's the, you develop the story together, which means the characters, the players and the characters should be allowed to fail because that could be part of the story. That could be even a more important part of the story um think of you know while they succeeded in Rogue One, they also failed they didn't survive um my favorite Star Wars movie Empire Strikes Back. they end on a failure there yeah. there is not a happy ending
0: there that's one that's why it's one of um probably the greatest of all of the Star Wars movies is because. It's that pause when the audience as well as the um, players or the characters in the story are forced to reflect on the actions that they've taken and how they've failed. But they don't give up. They keep moving forward and they find a way to, you know, right the ship going forward. And they they try to do that in the next movie.
1: Yeah. And if you're a GM and that happens, you, you've got to, you've got to, I don't want to say this. You've got to really get through to your players that while this is a setback, this is something that their players, their characters get to work on overcoming. And if they're able to overcome it, it makes the victory even more sweeter. And alternatively, if they go off on their own way and get lost in the woods, they get lost in the woods. Eventually, they'll either find their way back or they've had their own new adventure. They don't have to engage with the story you have. They can create their own story and you get to engage with it now. So there are some great things you can do. As I said, my best gaming experiences, both as a player and a GM, are when we departed from the main storyline that was written. Either the players did in my game or I did as a player, and we went off on some completely unrelated quest that was made up on the fly. And it ends up being the most thrilling exciting experience as a player and a GM because now it's new for everybody and there's also a risk of failure in there because you know what what plot did the GM have in mind I don't know you know they could fail at this because I haven't thought it through I haven't came up with a clear path for them to succeed or fail it's up to them Uh,
0: So a closing thought that I have is often I've had conversations with people that say, did you mean for that to happen? Or was that written in the story before we started? And I have to be honest and say, I don't write the story's end. I start with a plot line and hooks. And how it ends is up to the way the players interact with those story elements. I don't have plans on how things happen. I play it out in my head a scenario when I introduce an element so that I know their motivations and kind of the thread that they're gonna be on, but I do not pre-write things. That creates a railroad track that I don't wanna ever have in my game.
1: Yeah, I give NPCs motivations, goals and plans, just like I would as a player giving the same to my character. As a GM, I give that to my NPCs. And there may be a storyline that is based around those motivations and goals. But depending on what the players do, they either engage with that or they change that. They could completely change an NPC's motivations from, I want to achieve this success, you know, I want to Achieve this position of power to those people have upset me so much that I am now going to focus all my attention on them. Or they've gone such a different way where they never know what that NPC, they never even hear about that NPC. And later on, years down the line in the character's story, they find out that this wizard took the tower and enslaved everybody and turned them into a zombie army. They're like, how did this happen? We were there. We were there. And then they start thinking. Then they'll look at you and they'll go, did you have that as a story then? It's like, yep. And you went the different direction. So this is what happened. The price of consequence. Yep.
0: Well, I think uh, that's a good place to wrap this conversation up. There's more I would love to say. I'd love to dive into uh, the ideas and concepts of railroading and how we want to avoid those kind of things. But let your players explore the world. You created it. Get some satisfaction from them exploring it and interacting with the elements you've provided. And if you haven't created something, let them help you. Let them do some world building for you. Have them interact with the the setting, the NPCs. And I think that you'll most likely run into a very exciting dynamic game. It may be Uh, your favorite part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And we we promise next time that we uh, have another one of these episodes that we won't talk about Star Wars so much.
1: Can't promise that.
0: No, I can't either. Uh, it's been on my mind lately. so. But we'll we'll chat about that one off, off air. So, again, I would like to thank the audience for taking this uh, time to listen to what we have to say and maybe l- pick up a, a technique or two on how to make your games better and learn how to allow the players to take it off the rails. So, thank you and... Have a good night. This has been a production of 7th Level Bardcast, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to 7th Level Bardcast. You can find links to previous shows, resources, and our social media at 7 Also, connect with us through our Discord link on the website. We invite our audience to offer feedback, suggest a topic, or for a quick conversation. To support the show, like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcatcher. Music provided by Alexander Nakarada.